0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusayel of the Vivified Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. I want you right now to just say a very big welcome to someone by your side or online. (laughs) However the case is, just send them some love, mighty love. Shout it out to them. Welcome them. Ask them if they're ready for tonight's service. All right, and I want to welcome you specially. I love you with all my heart. Thank you for making out the time to be here. There's no better way to spend your Sunday evenings than to be here. I say that with all humility. All right, so thank you for coming out. Um, and there's so much to cover. But at the same time, um, the Lord has asked me to not over-teach. It sounds weird, but I, there, there's something He wants to do. I, I, I mean, I have all this teachings. And and I mean, I wanted to have shared so much in today. He wants me to spread it out because today marks the beginning of something new in your life. I'm not saying that in a cliche way. He's actually going to do it in your life. And he's also asked me to tell you this, and I want you to pay attention here. Wherever you are right now, whether you're on the road or in your room listening to this, or you're in your house, wherever you are right now, I want you to remember and, and just consciously remind yourself that where you are is a hallowed is hallowed, is a hallowed place. You're in a place that is sanctified, you're in a place where God can move. That's what I'm trying to say. I want you to realize that as much as this is a live program, you can receive something right there in your house, right there on the road, whether you are even listening to this as a replay that god's power is is not bound by time it's not bound by location or geography it can hit you and meet you right where you are and it's only your faith that is required to receive it your openness your receptiveness to the word of god amen can you promise me that you're going to do that that you will remember where you are right now it's a hallowed presence god can touch you right where you are and he's going to do that for all of you who are willing and are patient And are receptive to the word in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Welcome to the second half of this year, 2022. Man, time runs fast when Borari is making a mess of the country. Okay, yeah, but (laughs) I'm sorry to say that. But welcome, welcome. Uh, Please edit that out of the of the recording. I didn't say it. (laughs) Thank you all for being here. Look, this. This signifies, I know I'm not, a, I'm not much of a sucker for happy new months and all of that because it sounds too cliche over time, but the honest truth is that when you understand how God works with human beings, he works in times and he works in seasons. So if the Bible says God crowns the, the year with victory. There is a year, there's a span of a year where God crowns it with victory. He works with man's time as well. And even though this is just a calendar marking, happy new month, welcome to the second half of the year, this is July, we have like six more months to go. But at the end of the day, God works with, I mean, this has some spiritual connotation. It marks a new beginning, a fresh start. Many of you started this year with promises of God, things that God wanted you to achieve, God instructed you to do, and right now you've not done anything. Or maybe you've even tried so much, you've tried to achieve all of this, but you've not seen the results. You're like, what's going on? And some of you have experienced some little wins. I'm telling you that by the power of the Holy Ghost and the thing that I'm gonna share with you this evening, oh my goodness, you're gonna to get to where God wants you to be in the fastest, best way possible in the name of Jesus. That's a promise. Mark my words, it's a promise. Many of you have dreams, you have fears as well. Look, you can not be where God wants you to be part time, every time, every day, every second. That's very true. All right. So don't sweat it. Don't overthink it. Just remember that God has got you. The one who commissions also gives the provision. I always say it all the time. When God commissions you to work. He provides all that you need to achieve that work. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And I just want to remind you that remember God told us at this the beginning of this year at Vivify Ministries that he's going to be our providence, all right? He, he, he's going to provide for us. He's going to preserve us and protect us. And he's also going to lead us with precision, right? That's that year where God is in control of our lives and gives us all we need to achieve what he wants us to achieve. Do you understand? I want to remind you, look, I've heard so many testimonies, unbelievable testimonies. I have received such testimonies myself as well in my own life. It's real. It's real. When you connect with a ministry like this, where God has given us a word and you really believe it and you partner with us with all we're doing throughout the year, look, it, the, the grace will reach you. and <laughs> It will reach you and, and it will work in your life. You will see evident testimonies. Praise the name of Jesus. And of course, this month, last month was a great month. We finished um, asking for a friend, which we, we do yearly. It's a sort of apologetic series where we try to, um, you know, just help answer some critical questions. And look, the month of June was a crazy month. And especially because of the things that have been happening around the world, especially the United States with the Roe v. Wade overturning and, you know, the pride month, there, there was just so much going on. And it's in these times that we like to speak up more about contemporary issues because we believe the word of God is relevant in our day. All right. And if you've not listened to those teachings, I want to remind you to just go back, listen to all of them. And when Audacity Conference teachings come out on all podcast platforms, please make sure you head on there, listen to those things, um, take them, you know, carry them and go further with it to to do your own research, do your own findings. Okay, so thank you. Thank you very much. Well, diving into a beautiful series this month of July, it's not one that I'll personally say I have. Explicitly taught. Maybe you hear part of this here and there in some of the teachings that I've done, but this one in particular um, is is one that even I myself I'm learning on the go, and I think I might not even know all of it uh, till the Lord returns. But there's enough that we can know, and enough that we can have to get to where God wants us to be. All right. So pay attention. The month, the the teaching series of this month is what I call phronesis. phronesis It's a fancy word, and maybe those of you who love iPhones, it sounds like a phone, phronesis. Like you knowing you want to phone that sis, they're interested in phronesis No, that's not what it is. Please uh stop being distracted. phronesis <laughs> um is it simply means I wish I could give you all the details. But it's a it's a it's a word that is used to describe wisdom, but a specific type of wisdom. It's practical wisdom. You have words that are attached to wisdom, Greek words like Sophia or sunesis. But phronesis is, uh, is a word that means practical wisdom, not just theoretical wisdom, but wisdom that, that is to be applied, all right? And that's what we're gonna do this month. Look, I'm starting this teaching on a more spiritual supernatural level because God wants to impart people today. He wants to impart something in your life today. And as we go further in the, in, the, in the weeks ahead, I'm going to dissect this thing called wisdom to show you how practical it is to show you your responsibility and also show you where God comes to play in, in, in wisdom. Praise the name of Jesus. But let me ask you a question, a very, very important question. If you could have, and I mean, many of you have watched the Marvel movies, you've watched um, DC, you've seen superheroes. Um, come into play. The question is, if you had, if this were real, and God asked you, my son, you know, in Mufasa's voice from Lion King, my son, my daughter, what would you like to have? If you want to have any superpower in all of the world, what would it be? What would your answer be? Whether it's shooting lasers from your eyes, flying, or having super strength, or being invisible, or being able to shrink in size or increase in size a lot of you take that option especially those of you who are down to earth um, no shades intended um some of you would want to be able to i don't know uh what other powers are there i don't think anybody really wants to be like wolverine i don't think so but you want to have the fancy kinds the, the ones that are beautiful wonderful flying shooting lasers and all of that right I think personally, I've wanted to, I think the best superpower, if I'm talking from a uh, carnal standpoint, um, I think, honestly, when you think about it, teleportation is a very wonderful superpower. Before I have said, you know, immortality, but I mean, I already have that. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> um, but teleportation, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, people say they want the ability to fly. Sorry, this is just me being a nerd. But if you, people say they want to be, have the ability to fly. And I'm like, okay, you want to fly. So if you want to fly from here to the U.S., right? If you're in Nigeria, you want to fly from Nigeria to the U.S. That's like, what, 12 hours flight, 11, maybe it's faster these days. But that's like, on average, that, are you going to fly in the air where there are birds coming at you? There are storms, there are clouds, and pollution, and covid <laughs> You want to fly in all of that to get no no it's not necessary. What if you can just do and you just boom US no passport, no visa. You know, you you finish teaching, maybe you're an evangelist, you finish preaching here, glory to God. Up next, China. Ning Tong Tong, Joe Shurn, boom, India. Tell you, I want to tell you that God loves all of you. Boom. You know, you're just moving from place to place. That's a superpower, and I think that's like the greatest superpower. Or is it I think in all sincerity that there is a way better superpower and one that God wants you to have all the days of your life. And you can have it. It's a superpower that would save you all the things. And I'm telling you, if you wanted to have super strength, look, God can use the superpower for you to develop a way to use something that can use the same amount of strength you need to deliver the work if you want to be able to fly all over the places and all over the world, God can give you this gift to help you know how to get to this place and have the resources to get to that place. This superpower can cover all grounds and even more relevant in your life today, especially as a growing adult or a teenager or maybe you're elderly and you're trying to navigate life still. God has a superpower in store for you. That he wants you to use, and it's phronesis. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to break this down, right? I want to just give some distinctions between um, three concepts of reality, and and those are knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. I know when we, we say those Nigerian, African prayers that we do, say lord wisdom knowledge and understanding in jesus name lord we ask you for wisdom knowledge understanding and it's actually in the wrong order it's actually in the wrong order um usually knowledge comes first and the greek it's called gnosis Um, but what we have as regard as being believers now in the new covenant is called epignosis it's revealed knowledge knowledge that is no longer hidden it's not just code like if you know code it's knowledge still but when the code is decoded right when the mystery has been unfolded it's epignosis right so that is what we operate in in the new covenant but that's its knowledge to know you can know that you can know that um I, I let me give an example i mean there's so many things that you can know right you can know that um a man killed his wife, right? Uh, sorry, that's the first example that came to my mind. Maybe I saw something recently in the news. But a man killed his wife. But the next step is to know why. Why did he kill his wife? So you want to understand that piece of knowledge that you have, and that's the next step, which is understanding. So knowledge is what? Understanding is why, or you know sometimes how, or sometimes when, right? But an understanding usually is, is the word sunesis, right? Which you talked about, which is sunesis, more theoretical wisdom, right? Having some good grasp on something, understanding of something. But you have wisdom. You have wisdom, which is the application of understood knowledge. So you know the knowledge, you've understood it, and then you apply. But um, when it comes to wisdom, wisdom in its sense, in its, at its very core, is a very practical thing. It is very practical. It means you don't just know things, and this is something that a lot of believers do or have. They know some things about who they are and what they have in Jesus. They might even, even, they might even understand what they have, that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that they are no longer slaves to sin, they're slaves of righteousness, that they are victorious and triumphant in Christ, that they are sons of God and children of God, that there's definitely no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. They might know and understand these things, but the practicality of it is missing. There is a gap between understanding and wisdom. And so that's why a lot of believers don't see results in their lives. You know these things, you have head knowledge, you will probably understand it a bit more, but you have not applied it. And that's where there's a bit of, Uh, a a gap, all right? The word phronesis is used in two major scriptures in the Bible. I'll just read them quickly. Luke chapter 1 from verse 17. Luke chapter 1 from verse 17. Glory to God. This is just by way of introduction. Luke chapter 1 verse 17. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Look, God is about to do something special in your life. Stay receptive all through this teaching, I beg you. Verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias that's Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord talking about John the Baptist how that you know he will turn the hearts of of the fathers to the children and disobedience to the wisdom of the just so those who are unruly and disobedient you push them to the wisdom of those who are just, those who have put to practice just practices, um, righteous practices. They've put it to work, you, you know, to direct those who are disobedient to learn from that. So the word there is, is, is from us, it's practical, it's some things to, to do, to act out. Um, Ephesians 1 verse 8 is the second place. It says, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all w- wisdom and prudence, So this word prudence has been introduced, which is similar and likened to the word phronesis. Prudence, when you talk about prudence, it talks about being a sharp guy. You know, (laughs) that's just the best way I can put it. Um, You know, we talk about two types of smart. There is book smarts, you you know this textbook knowledge, you you know all the formulas, you know all the methods, but there is street smarts, where you can apply the book knowledge in a street situation, in a practical, pragmatic situation. So prudence has to do with just being astute. Sorry, that's not helping. That's a bigger word, but prudence has to. If you say someone is prudent with their money, it means they know how best to utilize their money. If someone is prudent in their actions, they know how to organize. They know how to do this. So this is another place that this scripture is being used but see my my friends God can change your life with wisdom with wisdom he can change your life people would hardly be able to recognize you with wisdom do you realize that people because of the the level at which you're operating in wisdom people are like who is this guy like where did you come from I used to know you were you a silly guy you didn't have sense I know you, wasn't all you that used to be, you know, chasing people in the, in, in the class and being a, you know, a troublemaker. How are you like this? How are you so successful? How are you doing this? How are you so sure about your life? It feels like you've had it figured out. When you hear people say that, that it seems like you have your life figured out. Man, that's a sign many times that you're walking in wisdom. And of course, there, there's the earthly kind of wisdom. There's the wisdom that is not of God where people try to be smart. You know, the Bible says that the wisdom of this world is not the wisdom of God. The, 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 fu- the wise things of this world are foolishness to God, and the foolish things um, that people ascribe to God are, are what the world call, you know, they call their things wisdom. They claim to be wise, but they are actually fools. So there's that. There's, there's a place where people try to be so knowledgeable and try to be wise, but they're actually not. But what I'm talking about is the kind of lifestyle where, you know, you're just in tune with the will of God. You know what to do, when to do, how to go about it. You're in the right place at the right time. You know how to get the resources you need in the, at the right time. Your life just has meaning, coordination, has sense, has sequence, and has direction. That can be you. And if you have that, that's a superpower, I'm telling you. That is you. That can be you. Praise the name of Jesus. God wants to do that in your life. See, a lot of believers today, the reason why they are not marriable or responsible or mature is because of this thing called wisdom. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, I hear people say this a lot of times and I understand where they are coming from, but it doesn't have to be. You know, some people say, oh, you know, you guys broke up. Why did you break up? Well, we're not so compatible. I mean, look at the age difference. Like I'm 19, he's 25. Like the age difference is clear. So we didn't work out. I think I was immature and everything. And I'm telling you that people who have been 18, 19, 20 have not just been in relationships, but they've gotten married and they were emotionally, physically, mentally mature to enter that marriage. When it comes to it, to wisdom and age it's it's age means nothing it's insignificant when it comes to the wisdom of god you can be you can be the youngest mature person in your circle because of wisdom do you remember the story of job and i don't want to bore you with the details but the story of job is a very terrible tragic one which ended up with such a you know a serendipitous way where it ended up for his favor at the end but during that process the gruesome process his friends wrote to him and told him the reason maybe you're facing this is maybe you did this you broke this law you messed up here you messed up there And job is telling them you, you people are silly i've not done anything wrong if me and god enter the courtroom i'll be vindicated he'll be he'll be you know accused and convicted i'm the one that's innocent here and blah 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 going back and this guy <laughs> one of the one of his friends just came up and wrote and said you know i thought that that age would make one wise. He yapped them. Like, look at what you people are saying. You know, they were in that group chat. Look at these people. You think that because of age, you are wise. I, I expected better. And this guy said, there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty gives him. You know, he, he just started to give, bam, bam, bam. He was the youngest of all of them. I think his name was Elihu. He was the youngest of them, but he was the wisest, praise the name of Jesus. When Jesus himself was growing up, the Bible says he grew in, in, in stature and wisdom. He grew in, in favor with all men as well. Look, at the end of the day, you can be the youngest in your circle, but the wisest. You might be the youngest in your circle, but the one that everyone wants to listen to, that everyone will keep quiet because you are speaking. That can be you. That you're making meaningful impact even at a young age, or whatever age you're at. You're at it just wisdom makes all factors insignificant all things that will be considered a weakness whether it's gender or whether it's your your disability or abilities or lack of abilities whatever it is or your age or whatever demographic that people can point to and say this is a weakness in this area wisdom takes care of it and makes it a non-issue that can be you that can be you see my desire today is to make sure that you are coveting this thing called wisdom. That you covet it. That you desire it because you need it. You can't go in this life without wisdom, you can't. You will struggle. You will struggle and you will end up in that vicious cycle of seeing everyone else go ahead of you and like, God, why me? God, why me? Am I your stepdaughter? Am I your stepson? You ask those questions. But it's because all you needed was actually wisdom. And then you end up in that cycle of comparison, toxic comparison and depression and sadness and, and, and dissatisfaction when all you needed to set you on the right place and on the right track was the wisdom of God. See, you can receive this wisdom. You can receive this wisdom. And God wants you to walk in it. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me just wet your appetite with this scripture. And, and greatly, this scripture highlights these three elements I talked about, knowledge, understanding and wisdom. Um, Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 10. Open your Bibles with me, please. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 10. I have something so beautiful to show you there to give you a glimpse of what wisdom looks like. When you have this package, you don't just know, you don't just understand, but you walk in wisdom. My goodness. Are you ready? Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 10. Glory to God. Look, I know we've talked about wisdom so far, but you see, Phronesis, its the best way I can explain it—is it's a govern, it's a government, uh, it's a mindset government. Let me put it that way: Phronesis is a mindset government, in, or it's a it's a mindset programming that even when your natural self would react in a certain way or want to do something a certain way, phronesis adjusts that to the system of God. Adjust that to the structure of God. Adjust that to the will of God. That every action, every word you speak, every decision you make aligns to what God will have you doing that in that particular situation. That's what phronesis is. That's what it is. Praise the name of Jesus. If someone slaps you, your normal reaction is to bah. They give you more pop pa you know You just you know phronesis would reset your mind to know that in a case like that you don't you don't return evil for evil. And if I may borrow Jesus's words, our Lord, he says, turn the other cheek. Figuratively, I, I think, I believe, <laughs> but you should turn the other cheek, right? Don't retaliate. The wisdom of God will reset your mind and have your actions follow suit. That's, that's, that's just an idea of what Phrenesis is. Saying. But let's check out Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 10. This is what it says. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask. See, I've said this time and time again. When you see an apostle make an apostolic prayer of something and he doesn't cease praying about this thing and he says he prays about it every time, it must be important. And it means if there's a gap in such prayer, of such prayer in your life, you might struggle as a believer. Because Paul is literally giving you an expo. He's saying, this, you've read my books, but look at this verse. This thing I'm praying about is super important. You can't ignore it. It's so important that you must also pray it always, like I pray for it always. He says, for the days since we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the epignosis of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding glory to god and and see he says i want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will to know his will in total like at the end of the day the wisdom of god does not work outside of god's will if you have the wisdom of god you can rest assured knowing that you are led by god every time glory to god it's a gps system it's a gps mechanism that just guides your actions your decisions your steps that's how it works so he says, I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and have, sp- and, you know, of his will in all wisdom and have spiritual understanding. Glory to God. And next, next verse explains what this will do in your life. The reason why is that important that Paul keeps praying about the same thing. And he says that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Did you hear that? So knowledge, understanding, and wisdom do what for you they help you walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord you walk worthy of the Lord that when the Lord sees you is like yes you're walking in my steps you're doing the things I've asked you to do the things I have called you to do fully pleasing him how would I feel knowing that everything you do you are fully pleasing God that the words you've spoken you've spoken them out of wisdom That fronessis has triggered your words, triggered your actions, and you know it's fully pleasing to God. Oh, that's a life I want to have. Glory to God. It's a life I want to walk in every day, knowing that I'm walking worthy of the Lord, and it's pleasing Him in all ways. Glory to God. What else does it say? Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is beautiful. That you are fruitful, so not just that you're doing every good work, it's 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 one thing to do good works, so and many of you do that in the innocence and the the, the, the the beauty of your heart, you do things that are good. But where are the results? Where are the fruits? Where's the evidence that you've done things that you've labored? But when you walk in wisdom, you're not just throwing stones in empty space. You are killing two, you know, multiple birds with one stone. That's how the wisdom of God works. That your actions are yielding promising results. That you are fruitful in every good work. And as you are doing this still, you are increasing in the knowledge of God. He already prayed that you be filled with the knowledge of his will. But as that is happening, you are still increasing in the knowledge of God. Because wisdom would push you in the direction of increasing knowing God bring you to a place of deeper intimacy with God because you are fully pleasing him and walking in the manner that is worthy of his will. Praise the name of Jesus. Does that make sense to you? So this is very important. And I'm going to talk about this in the weeks to follow. When you talk about the walk and the, and, and the life of righteousness, living a life that is worthy and pleasing to God, you cannot leave it without the wisdom of God. I understand that there is grace to give you the strength, but the how is the wisdom. The grace will empower you but the how to go about it is the wisdom of god that you would be in a room with your master's wife and you've seen every opportunity every tactic i mean this is your first experience you can have it with a powerful woman you can be intimate with this woman who will not even share your secret keep it a secret but he, he in that moment was able to say how can i commit this grievous sin Against my master and against God. In fact, his first response was, I cannot commit this sin against God. And while she tried, she, he ran away. He didn't say, Stop, Joe. Oh, Potty Wifey. <laughs> I don't know what her name was. They didn't tell us so. Potiphar's wife. Maybe he called her Potty Wifey. I, I have no idea. But he, <laughs> he didn't do, Stop, Joe. Oh, now. Nah. Oh, stop this thing oh god will not like kidnap he was wise this was old testament pre pre pre-holy ghost impartation pre-holy ghost redemption joseph and he ran the other way fled sin the wisdom of god will get you to do that people of god listen to me you need the wisdom of god the practical wisdom of god to walk in a manner that is always pleasing to god praise the name of jesus I wish I had time to spend on this, but we have a month, we have a whole month to do this. Glory to God. So, I, But here's the thing about phronesis, and, and I want to be very, very clear about it with you. Phronesis, I, I mentioned this, that phronesis is practical in its very core. It's a programming, it's a reasoning culture. It's a reasoning way of life. It's, it's that you can't do otherwise to a certain culture that's the culture of the holy ghost if your wisdom is from god it's going to be a culture of god do you understand so your reasoning culture the word friend you know when you see phronesis the, the there's a word called friend which is, is where phronesis is derived it's it talks about the mind the greek word friend is the mind so when you talk about wisdom it has to do with your mind and which the bible calls your heart that's to do with where you process information, where you make decisions, where you take action. It makes sense, right? But forensis from the Lord governs those those mindsets, those actions. But while there is that culture, there is that programming, there is a supernatural aspect to it. Sorry, I, I beg your pardon. There is a supernatural aspect which um, you receive from the Lord, but there's also a practical aspect. There's there's a part. It's a double edge right it's a double-edged sword it's practical and it's supernatural so what i mean by this i'll explain today we'll spend more time talking about the supernatural aspect the one where the wisdom can be received through faith in god's ability where you can receive it by impartation all right but there is the practical part where based on the knowledge and understanding you have received you consciously apply you decisionally make those actions, make those steps. So there is a place where God imparts, God's part in it, but there's also a place where you are responsible for your actions by applying the knowledge you have. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope you get that that, that point. So it means that wisdom can grow. Your proficiency in wisdom can grow. It's not just a one-time thing that, boom, you are always good. And I'll give you an example. I'll give you a very, very good example about this as we go on. Praise the name of Jesus. Covet this gift called wisdom. I want you to do so. You know, you can be in a world that honors and respects people who are actually foolish, but they just seem wise because of the results they have. One, one thing you can know and guarantee about the wisdom of God is that, first of all, it's in line with God's will. It will endure and last and to make meaning, meaningful impact in the lives of many people. You know, it, w- it would sponsor the work of the kingdom when it's the wisdom of God. When you look at the parable of the rich fool, you know that parable. The guy was wealthy. All right, no doubt about it. He was wealthy, he was comfortable. In fact, he was so wealthy that he didn't have space again to keep his harvest. And by the way, he was a farmer, if you didn't get the point, he was a farmer. He had such, such huge harvest. And of course, being a farmer culture, is a very, very lucrative uh, work. He, he didn't know where to store his stuff again, and he had to build more barns and build more barns to store more. He wasn't giving out. He just wanted to store and hoard. And that kind of wisdom, you know, as much as he was stingy, was not the wisdom of God. He was considered a fool in God's eyes, praise the name of Jesus, because he started to base his worth and his value in the things that he owned. When the Bible tells us that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Luke 12, 15, praise the name of Jesus. So you see that this, this thing about wisdom can be perceived as wise. People can be perceived as wise from the world's perspective, but only those who have received the true wisdom of God can please God and be truly wise. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me give you the example of Solomon. You, you can't talk about wisdom, usually without referencing this man. And it's a ve- his story is very interesting. But also very there's so many things to learn from it all right solomon was this guy the son of king david and he was going to take over take over the throne of his father and when he started the bible actually records that solomon followed the ways of his father and no not not the womanizing part by the way he, talking about his heart for god david as much as he made mistakes we can't judge judging by justice mistakes david was a man who loved God so much. God said, He's a man after my own heart. This guy loved God. And, and I believe that, see, when it comes to your relationship with God, God loves everybody. I believe that with all of my heart sinners, unbelievers. But there was a word, and I'm jealous because of this word. There was a word that was used for David. It said, And God liked David. The Lord liked. I'm like, Yes, God loves everybody. He liked David. He loved David, but he liked him. <laughs> He called him a man after my own heart you know and of course the reason behind it is just the level of consecration that you give especially as regards your devotion to the lord and your faith in him all right but that aside solomon went in that way of the lord and god asked him i want to give you anything you ask from me you name it tell me anything if you want a superpower you want lasers from your eyes or be ability to fly tell me i'll do it it's not me, I can't do it for you. And Solomon was like, you see, I, I really don't want anything. I don't even want money right now. I care about the work my dad has done and there are big shoes to fill. How in my age, how would I be able to accomplish all that he has asked? In fact, I heard that I'm the one who's going to build the temple in Jerusalem. My dad didn't even do that. How am I supposed to go about it? How am I supposed to rule an entire nation? Ah, for this, I need one superpower. It's wisdom. I need wisdom. I need the wisdom to govern the people in this land. I need the wisdom to coordinate resources. I need the wisdom to lead. Help me, Lord. Give me this wisdom. God, being pleased with that answer, said, you've asked for wisdom. You didn't ask for riches. You didn't ask for wealth or for women and wives. For that, I will give you wisdom. So much so that you are the wisest man in all of the land. And I'll also give you those things you didn't ask for because you will need them for the work that you're supposed to do. Beautiful, beautiful story. And this is—this are some things that you can note about it. Look at 1 Kings four, verse twenty-nine. Read it very quickly. Open your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter tw- chapter four, from verse twenty-nine to thirty-four. Glory to God. You can't read this scripture and not be jealous of Solomon, but. From the New Testament perspective, no no need to be jealous. I'll get to that. Uh, Verse 29, and God gave Solomon wisdom. Exceedingly deep insight. I love this. God gave Solomon wisdom. Who gave Solomon wisdom? God gave him. There was an impartation. When God spoke, receive wisdom. I have given you wisdom. It was imparted in this guy so much so that even if he didn't want it, it was too late. He received the wisdom of God. The, the description of this wisdom is exceedingly deep insights and understanding beyond measure, <laughs> like the sand of the sea. Hey, look at that description! That his his understanding was such was beyond measure that it was more than the sand on the seashore. Come on, that description is loud. And verse thirty, Solomon's wisdom was greater. Than that of all the men of the East, and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than all men, wiser than Ethan the Ezra, Ezraite. So there were even references to wisdom in those days. And wiser than Haman, Kalkol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol. And his fame spread throughout the surrounding nations. Hi. This man was so wise that it was obvious. Verse 32 Solomon composed 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered a thousand and five. See, if you were a musician in this day, it would be on billboards top hundred. Definitely, he was so good at it. He would, the wealth of his wisdom was pouring out in this in this proverbs. He spoke of trees from the center of Lebanon and Hesop growing the world, talking about animals, birds, and fish. Then, so men of all nations came from around the world to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. People heard and said, go, learn from his ways. How is he doing it? How is he making, it's, it's like in our day, for example, you see what is happening in the UAE, and you know, in Dubai, you see the structures, and you really want to build your country's architectural structure. You will send people to there, go and learn, go. Go and do an internship in Dubai, go and learn. Learn from their wisdom and bring it back here. That was the situation with Solomon. He was wise. He was innovative. His administrative skills were so on point, you know, and his, one of the first tasks was how to decide between who was the mother, you know, that story of the two mothers fighting over one child. One mistakenly slept on her child and, and killed the child and wanted the other child because babies those days apparently looked alike and probably they still do too. And then she, they came before him. This is my child. The other one says, my child. And one said, you know what? Kill this child so nobody's divide this child in two so nobody gets to have the child. I keep your parts, he keeps it, but no good mother would ever talk about it. And Solomon, in his wisdom, it seemed simple enough, but this was the wisdom of God at hand because no one else could resolve it. And he said, That is the true mother of the child, praise the name of Jesus. So you saw that it was evident. First Kings chapter 10, verse 23 says this So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom. So he was not just the greatest you know in, in his field, in, in in just that country and that land, he was the greatest king in all the earth, in wisdom and in riches. He said all the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver and vessels of gold and garments and armor and spices. Look, it was crazy that as much as this guy was rich, because of wisdom, people wanted to add to his riches. Like, it didn't make sense. Naturally, when people see people well-to-do, they say, ah, this person is well-to-do. He should be the one giving herself. It's fine, we're fine. But this guy saw wisdom and saw the value in his wisdom. And were willing to bring all these things to him i think that's wonderful so much so that um, queen sheba who also participated in listening to the wisdom of, of solomon in verse 9 of that same chapter chapter 10 first kings 10 9 said blessed be the lord thy god which delighted in thee see anyone that has and walks in true wisdom will look at it and give thanks to god we see there's a god that delights in you and that's why you're able to do this and blessed be that god he's the reason i see it it's not you at the end of the day when you're wise all the glory goes back to god and if you are foolish people ask god questions about you (laughs) that's how it works. god why why did you miss him you gave everybody but this guy ah god why same thing you know you know to set thee on the throne of israel because the lord loved israel forever look i love that statement do you know that it's an act of love for god to give you wisdom for your for your circle of influence That is an act of love for God to give you wisdom for your family, to give you wisdom for your relationship, give you wisdom for your school, give you wisdom for your workplace. It's an act of love. It says, because God loved Israel forever, therefore he made you king to do judgment and justice. Glory to God. I love that prayer so much. It's underestimated, but it's a profound profound, um, doxology that she's giving here. Sound praise. First of all, she gave glory to God for the wisdom, and she said that it was an act of love for God to give wisdom. It is an act of love when God gives you wisdom. But one thing I want you to know from this is that Solomon had this by impartation. This is the supernatural aspect of wisdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Of course, we know that from Matthew 12, Jesus in his own words said, A greater than Solomon is here. Because Solomon, while he had a snippet, you know, just the trailer, Jesus was the movie glory to God. He is the wisdom of God. When you see the plans of God to save mankind, you see the wisdom of God. And if God is so wise that through the free will of man and the opposition still brought about his will, you best believe that he is indeed the ultimate source of wisdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me talk of Daniel really, real quick. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. I want to talk about the wisdom that Daniel had. Daniel 1:17. It says, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding. So Daniel and the three Hebrew men, you know, we call them boys, but they're actually men, so disrespectful, so disrespectful. Why why do we call them? Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. But Daniel was there with them alongside. um, God gave knowledge. So the knowledge, wisdom, understanding came from who? From God. From God. He said, in every kind of literature and wisdom, and Daniel had insight into all kinds of visions and dreams. His, his own was extensive. Verse, verse 18. Now, at the end of the specified time by the king, the king officials presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them and among all the young men, he, he found no one equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego and they translated the names to Babylon, the Babylonian language. So they entered the king's service. Verse 20, in every matter of wisdom, if it had to do with with wisdom, being wise and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better. Ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Look at that. Ten times better. People that were not even schooled in the tradition. So even if you go to a place where there's cultural shock and you're not accustomed to the culture there, God can so much elevate you that even the citizens, even the inhabitants of that place, you're outdoing them, you're outshining them. God can make you distinct and it helps. If God makes you distinct where you are, you have the better chance of greater impact. Praise the name of Jesus. For the gospel's sake, if anything, for the gospel's sake, Please desire wisdom. Remember, this is, this is Old Testament, folks. When the Bible says Daniel received an excellent spirit, what spirit do you think was present with Daniel? It's the spirit of God. He, he had the spirit upon and he was able to do all those things. Hi, yeah. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me show you the wisdom that David had. 1 Samuel chapter 18. I'll read from verse 5 quickly. 1 Samuel. Chapter eighteen, from verse five, and David went out with whatsoever Saul sent him. And, I mean, this was the place where there was a lot of tension. David had just killed Goliath, but there was tension because some silly women were mocking Saul, and Saul said, the vex. Who is this David guy? I've killed ten thousand, one thousand. You're killing ten thousands Come on, rubbish. You know." And so, but regardless, wherever sent Saul. Did I just say that? Wherever sent Saul, no. Wherever Saul sent David to, um, he went. And the Bible says, he behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over all the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. Look at that. See what wisdom did to this guy. As much as there was tension, as much as there was rivalry, the way David behaved himself with wisdom, there was no way he, even if you were biased against him, you had no choice but to set him over the leadership of all the men. Do you, do you see that? And then, um, by the way, this was before that happened, before the rivalry. David was, was very, very um, wise in his behavior. And, and you know, Saul made, made him appointed uh, the head of uh, the, the soldiers. But after the time the war happened, there was tension. Alright, there was tension. Look at it, verse six. Um, the women of the city started singing, dancing to you know, to meet Saul, and they said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David is ten thousand. So the rivalry began after this. And Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. Then he went went on. Let me read from verse uh verse f- f- verse thirteen. Verse 13. Okay, no, sorry, let me see. Verse 11. So, this is after all the tension began. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. David was wise that he escaped. His wisdom also, maybe Ben who don't realize, it. how did David escape? Saul had a javelin. And this is not the one they use for entire sport. This was a real javelin. Like, if he throws it, boom. He said, I, I want to. It was so graphic. He wanted to kill David that, so much so that the javelin would attach him to the wall. ha! But David was able to escape his presence twice, two occasions that that happened. And David had in mind, though, that he knows the king wants to kill him, but he, was, was still, <laughs> he will still go back to the king. So, and Saul, verse 12, and Saul was afraid of David. Because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. He was afraid of david how is this guy escaping how does this guy know when to leave my presence how does he know how to escape i'm afraid of him verse 13 then saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand and he went out and came in before the people (laughs) saul still made david the captain of his army Verse 14, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. Even when there was a threat to his life, he knew how to handle this guy, Saul. He knew, he knew how to handle Saul, but he behaved himself wisely. And the Lord was with him. When you walk in wisdom, it's a proof that God is with you. Even Saul could see it. For, wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. When you are walking in wisdom, your enemies will be afraid. How is this guy dodging my attacks? I wanted to corner you this way, but you were smart enough to go this way. The same thing applied to Daniel. They tried to corner Daniel. They wanted to bring him down, those rulers. They wanted to bring Daniel down. They could not find anything. The only thing they could find was something very good, which was prayer to God. Do you see that the wisdom of God can, can baffle your enemies? So much so that they'll be like, how? how? How is it possible? that there, There's something about you. Let, let that be your testimony. Let people see God in you. Let them see how God is operating in your life, that every step is ordered, that nothing can, can, can attack you, nothing can corner you. You always know how to escape. You always know what to do at the right time. Praise the name of Jesus. But let me just quickly run through this wisdom in the new covenant. I want to show you how wisdom works in the New Covenant. It's, it's your spiritual advantage. And it's not somewhat a temporary situation where how, you know, when prophets in the Old Testament dare to prophesy, the Spirit of God will come upon them for that task. They will prophesy and the Spirit's work is done till the next time they are needed. But when you see what happens in the New Covenant, it's, it, there's a, a greater sense of permanence there. A greater sense where God is in you and dwells in you. The source of all wisdom now lives inside of you. Glory to God. That's exciting. You have better than Solomon. You have better than David. You have better than Daniel and any other person who has walked in wisdom in the Old Covenant. You have better now. There is a presence and a permanence to it. Glory to God. You, You see, look. You can always be ahead of the curve with wisdom. You can be what your family needs to save your life. You can be what your family needs for sustenance. Like Joseph had that gift, that wisdom of God, so much so that he was able to save his entire family. You can avoid mistakes, costly mistakes, with wisdom. You can learn how to keep quiet and how to speak. So that, that place of keeping quiet and speaking is so important, it's so important. There are some places where you should be speaking and talking. Because by speaking and talking, it connects you to the right people. I know very, very many stories of people who just subconsciously and without really thinking too much and it, knew that they were supposed to talk about something and in so doing, someone hears them and says, ah, so you, you do this, ah, let me see. So you do graphics design, let me take your number and there's a project I need. And you won't have known, you know, maybe they're asking you what's your, you have a small, I remember someone, uh, this, is, this is a real life story, someone, a colleague of mine, who um, used to do some side hustles, and you know, we're in a gathering, in a meeting, and they were asking questions about what's your, what are your special talents, what are the things you love to do? And this person said, oh, I, you know, at first he didn't want to talk, people were talking, and he felt like there's no need to really talk about this. And he just came up and said, oh, I design websites, I do web development. And one of the people in the meeting took note of it, took note of it, you know, just said, ah, okay. I met him after the meeting and asked him, said, okay, can I get your number, please? I, there's, I have some clients that I want to do web design for. And some of these clients, this, these clients he's talking about are um, some of the, like some, some, some of his friends are trying to start up their own, you know, businesses online and e-commerce and all of that. And man, by the time this guy was done, after six months with all these clients, he had raked in nothing less than, than four million naira. Because it's expensive to do this, right? At least that's an estimate of what he was able to disclose. right? Deals that opened up more doors to more deals. Because he just in one moment decided to speak at the right time in the right place. The wisdom of God is so good and so gracious that it, it, it makes the difference in your life. All the difference in your life. And many people don't know this. I know you've heard about the different types of time in, 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 you know, in scriptures. There's chronos, which is chronological time, the, the order of the day, times and seasons. But you have kairos, which is opportune time, which is specific time, which is organized time. I mean, time organized by God's will. And wisdom actually drives kairos. It's the wisdom of God that makes kairos what it is. That you know what to do at the right time with the right people at the right place. That is wisdom. Make no mistake about it. Kairos is not in itself a force. But wisdom is what makes Kairos a force. Praise the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Glory to God. You have the same spirit and you have better. The spirit that God gave Daniel and David and Solomon. You can do so much with this gift. You can do so much with this superpower that God wants you to have. Praise the name of Jesus. Don't waste it. If God deposited it in them, he can do the same with you. Praise name of Jesus. But here's how it works. In the new covenant, because our relationship and the way we relate with God at the end of the day is through faith in him. And the same way that Solomon did ask God for wisdom. Solomon asked God in faith. And God gave it to him. It's the same way we're prescribed to do the same. Look at James chapter 1 from verse 5. I know you have the spirit of God but there is a place of prayer. God honors prayer because it shows your dependency and your trust in him every time. And look at what James 1:5 says. It says if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And lacking wisdom is in this, in is more or less a part-time situation where and reading the context, you know there was persecution um, James was saying, count it all joy when you suffer persecution, when you, when you go through diverse trials, for it works good things in you. But there'll be times you don't know what to do in certain situations, in certain trials, in certain um, problems. You don't know what to do. If you lack wisdom about what to do in this given case, it says, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, to all his children, he gives them liberally. Without reproach. And it will be given to them. And then it goes further to say, when you ask, don't doubt in your heart and all of that. Because it's important to fully trust God for this. But one thing is sure, God has a wealth of wisdom. He's waiting to give you. He's waiting for you to ask for it. It's there. If you lack, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. Ask of God and he will give it to you. He gives liberally to all his children. You can never, he can never run out of you and say, okay, you know, let me just give you two. take two cards of wisdom take you let me just give you there's no much I don't have this last card God doesn't do that he has so much to give you to offer he just needs you to talk to him and ask for it praise the name of Jesus this is what the wisdom of God can do in your life this is what it can do with in your life it can give you direction you can always know where to go at every point in time it gives you clarity number two brings clarity bible tells us in first corinthians 14 that god is not the author of confusion and if he's not the author of confusion then he is the author of clarity it is his purpose and his will to bring clarity to your life to make things clear to not be confused about any matter you just know what to do it makes sense the wisdom of god brings clarity number three it brings good judgment regarding sin so we live in a world where there are a lot of blurred lines, where there's no black and white as much anymore. It's gray, It's gray areas all through. And sometimes you're not sure what to do in a given situation. The wisdom of God can help you bring good judgment. You just know that, no, this is not right. No, this is not. Judgment is part of wisdom. To be able to discern, to be able to know, to be prudent to know what is right and what is wrong. And for all of you who truly, sincerely want and desire wisdom in, in matters like abortion or, or alcoholism or all these gray areas we've talked about or artificial insemination or, you know, transgenderism, all these gray areas. If you truly have the wisdom of the Lord, you'll be able to discern what is right, what, what is according to God's will. Praise the name of Jesus. Number four, the wisdom of God brings contentment. I'm talking about the benefits of the wisdom of God now. It brings contentment. When you're wise, you're not shaken, you're not faced by any other person's success or journey because everyone's journey is unique. If you're actively walking in the wisdom of God, you know that, see, God has got you. You're walking in the right place at the right time. So I'm not going to look at Mike. I'm not going to look at Chidima. This is their life, this is mine. I'm walking in the manner of of the Lord and that's all that matters. You are content with the level of success you attain part time the level of impact you attain part-time, it gives you a sense of contentment when you are sure you are in his will, you are walking in tandem with his footsteps. You are content. Praise the name of Jesus. Number five, godly impact. And I'll give you examples of what this means. Godly impact, especially for the gospel. Colossians 4 verse 5 to 6 talks about how we are to walk in wisdom to those who are without, so we can always have an answer for them when they ask us, to know how we may answer every man, you know, without, you know, words seasoned with salt and full of grace. This is how to make godly impact. When you walk in wisdom, this is not something you study in a textbook, how do I address this atheist? You may have the knowledge, but when it comes to practicality, it's it's a whole different ballgame. You might have thought, if I want to talk to an atheist about the gospel, you know, I have to start by dissecting um, the evolution theory and dismantling it. Then from there, I'll go to prove, um, you know, ontological design on all the arguments for intelligent design and just go there. And you have all these things planned out. But in actual fact, when you approach the atheist, that might not be what they need in that moment. Maybe they need a shoulder to cry on. Maybe they need just something to, to help break that intellectual barrier that they have. How would you know except by the wisdom of God? So when you walk in wisdom and God's wisdom, you just know how to give the right answers to people. Glory to God. Same thing happened with the disciples. God told them that, see, whenever you're you're put in front of, of, of the leaders and put in front where there's persecution, I will give you the words for with which you are to say, the words that you're going to speak. That is not God's giving them literally like utterance as part tongues for example it's not like he's, he's just feeding the words he's giving them the wisdom so they know what they are to say at every given time you understand like even when Jesus, Jesus showed that when he was being persecuted at the point where he was to be crucified and Pilate was interrogating him, he said, you know, he said they say you are the Messiah, do you agree and you know Jesus is speaking and said you say that I am the responses he gave he, he he gave. I beg your pardon. The responses he gives um, Pilate, they are not the responses of him trying to escape death. They are reference. responses that were true, but at the same time, still allowed the death to happen. Do you understand? Do you think that Jesus could not have spoken words that would have vindicated him? As Pilate, would say, ah, me, I'm not killing this guy. And well, nobody will touch him. He could have done that, but he was so wise that he, you know, he already knew what to say every good time, uh, every given time. I beg your pardon. Number six. It gives you favor and credibility with men. The wisdom of God gives you favor and credibility with men. The same way people saw Solomon, saw his wisdom, and they just wanted to be around him and wanted to give him, you know. If if Solomon says, ah, please, I need $1 million. There's an investment I need to make. And you've seen his track record. You've seen the wise decisions he has made and the empire he has built. You will give him that money. You will because you know it's in the right hands. It gives you credibility. And favor with men. When you are wise when anytime someone has an, an, an encounter, an interaction with you, they learn something new. They have better direction for their own lives. It will attract much favor. Praise the name of Jesus. And the last thing is that it announces you. It announces you. And maybe that's directly tied to the previous one. But people hear about you and, and it, it announces you and glorifies God. That's the last point. It announces you and glorifies God. So as, as it announces you people hear about you, but at the end of the day it goes back to what the Queen Sheba, who was not even a, a Jew, she she heard about and she glorified God that God really loves Israel for appointing you king. You know. So that's what I'm talking about. Wisdom, Israel, anyone who does not prioritize the need of wisdom in their life, you will hardly see results. That's not a prayer, that's not a prophecy of doom, it's just the truth. Is something to be desired the wisdom of god is first something to be desired but it's something to also be acted upon praise the name of jesus and let me be honest and this is why i'm saying this while it's something to be desired and received from god by impartation it's also something to be acted upon to act on knowledge you already have as much as solomon was was wise administratively when it came to his morality and adherence to the scriptures he was flat. He was a fool because there is a, sec- there's a part to phronesis that has to do with acting man's responsibility. Solomon was warned to not take more than one wife, I, um, not to take um, a wife from, I beg your pardon, from um, a Gentile nation. He was told not to be given to wine. He was told not to have any other God except God but he didn't apply his heart to to wisdom. He didn't apply the knowledge he had in wisdom, and so he fell flat when it came to his relationships, his service and devotion to God. Administratively, he was killing it, but in his personal life, in his relational life, he messed up, he was a fool. So that's why there's a two-edged sword when it comes to finances. There's one received by impartation. And there's also that that I see that you need to put in the work based on the knowledge, based on the scriptures, based on the word of God in your life. You put it to practice. That's what sustains what God has given already. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. God wants us to, to be able to give 100% participation to his word. We'll talk about this next week. But look, at the end of the day, God gives wisdom if there's anything you can take from this teaching, is that God gives wisdom and he gives his children wisdom. Yes, you. You can receive wisdom and it can change your life forever. I have witnessed this in my own life. I've experienced this where somehow I just have the right answers at the right time. I just know what to do at the right time. Remember, wisdom fuels Kairos. Wisdom is what gives credibility to Kairos. It's the wisdom of God. It guides your actions, guides your steps, guides your location guides your decisions, guides your life so that everything you do is in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing all the knowledge of God. See, if you are ready to receive this, it can be yours. Right where you are, in your house, on the road, on the street, wherever you're tuning in right now, this wisdom, this phronesis of God can be yours. You can walk in a manner pleasing to God all the time. You can have good judgment in any given case. You can know what to prioritize, what to Deprioritize what relationships to start, what relationships to break, what networks to form, what bridges to burn. That can be your life and God wants you to live that kind of life. In the name of Jesus, it can be yours. Can you pray right now in the Holy Ghost and pray to God, God, I am ready to receive a fresh grace, a fresh a unction of wisdom. I'm ready to receive fresh wisdom to to govern my life, to help me make the right decisions. The, the, The supernatural, practical wisdom of God, I receive it now. God, give me wisdom. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives liberally? You can ask and God will give you liberally. He doesn't upbraid it, he's generous. Pray now, pray with all of your heart. If you think wisdom is important for your life on earth, if you think wisdom is important for the fulfillment of your destiny and the achievement of purpose, if you think that wisdom is important in getting you to where God wants you to be at the right time with the right speed, come on, pray with all of your heart right now. Pray with all of your heart right now. Wisdom, oh God. Administrative wisdom. Relationship wisdom. Corporate wisdom. Wisdom to walk in the house. Wisdom to walk in the place of work. Wisdom to work in ministry wisdom to work in business, wisdom to work in everyday life interaction, oh Jesus, God, even the wisdom to know how to take care of our health, to take care of ourselves, God's temple, you will give to us, we want the full package, not just administratively, we will walk in wisdom in all fears of our life. The Bible said that David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, God, that is my testimony, now that I have your spirit, the spirit of excellence, the spirit of wisdom inside, oh, I walk in wisdom all the days of my life. It is settled. Wisdom is my superpower. Wisdom is my supernatural advantage, and I will not take it for granted. I only receive right now. I receive right now. And Lord, as a reason of this, I will see results. I will prove with my life that wisdom works, that the wisdom of God works. I will prove by my life, by my decision by my words, by my actions, that this wisdom is for real, that it truly works. And it's for all God's children. I will prove it with my life in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray with all sense of seriousness right now. Someone is already receiving it there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For some of you, you feel it like oil dropping on you. You feel it like oil dropping on you and maybe you don't feel anything. God is depositing wisdom in your heart depositing wisdom in your life thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus receive the wisdom of the Lord now receive the wisdom of the Lord now receive it in five counts five four three ha 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 two one the wisdom of God is yours in Jesus name receive it receive it receive it receive it Take it now, take it now, take it now. The wisdom of God is yours. Ha <laughs> Receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that ministry God has committed into your hands. You know how to handle it henceforth you know the things that will drive the right engagement you know the 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 resources to use to write out those those sermons you know it now oh the wisdom of god directs your steps the right partnerships oh god thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. I see someone in ministry, someone who God has asked to to start something. You've started it actually, but it seems stagnant. It seems like there's no, it almost feels like you've reached your limit at some point and you get confused as about how best to go about it. By the wisdom of God, I decree your life. That is a thing of the past. You will know what to do at every given point in time in Jesus' name. Aha, glory to God, glory to God. I'm seeing someone else in business. You started off a small business just recently. You started a small business recently. You've had it in your mind, but you only started it recently. And you're not sure how to navigate it. You don't know whether to, to, you know, how to build your customer base. God is giving you the wisdom to know how to build that base. And you'll see that in the next few months, you start to meet people you never thought you would meet. And because of that, the referrals would accelerate so much so that your customer base increases at a rate of five times what would be regular for someone in your field. In the name of Jesus, I declare declared over your life now five four three two one thank you jesus activated thank you jesus thank you jesus that business is growing and the results and the and the, the, the the returns from that business god will have you fuel it into the work of god the work of god prospers because of your business thank you jesus Thank you, Lord. For those who are in a state deciding what relationship to get into, maybe you've fallen short of wisdom, maybe there are red flags, but you're not sure, is this really a red flag? You're losing your sense of judgment in this relationship. There are barriers and boundaries that are being broken. You are crossing boundaries. I pray in the name of Jesus that the wisdom of God to help you make the right decisions in that relationship, whether to end it or to bring drastic measures to rebuild those boundaries, Whatever the case is, may the Lord give you his wisdom so you know what exactly to do at this point in time in Jesus' name. No more confusion in the name of Jesus. No more guilt for the mistakes that you have made. Now you will set things right by the wisdom of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I pray this for everyone listening. You will have wisdom to guide in all your affairs, whether it's your academic or your workplace. Your academics or your workplace. in the name of Jesus the wisdom of God will touch all of it So much so that the favor of men will be attracted. People will ask you questions. Who are you? How do you know this? How do you talk like this? How do you act like this? How are you so calm? How are you so content? And you will tell them, it's the wisdom of God. God loved me so much that he gave me his wisdom. Glory to God. If someone here believes that they have received the wisdom of God, the phronesis of God, you've touched it, you've received it. Come and shout, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Rejoice right now. You've received a note of victory. Rejoice right now. It's yours. The wisdom of God is yours. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I see people stepping into the next phases of their lives because of this. Oh, thank you. New levels. This year will end. I'm saying this prophetically. This year will not pass until all, I mean, everything that God has asked you to do is done in your life. Whether you missed the window in the first half, ah, by the mercy of God, the wisdom of God will redeem the time in your life in Jesus' name. Prior to that scripture that says, walk in wisdom to them which are without, it says redeeming the time because wisdom has the ability to redeem lost time. In the name of Jesus, everything that has been lost in the first half, or maybe even last year, the remaining half of this year, the speed, accuracy, acceleration, and direction that you need to attain all that God has asked of you. Aye, 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 aye. It is yours by the wisdom of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, Hallelujah glory hallelujah glory hallelujah glory hallelujah in the name of jesus you've been asking for funds you want funds for something not for you for a family member i don't know who this is you've been wanting funds to sponsor something i don't know if it's a a medical treatment i don't know what this is in the name of jesus the wisdom of the lord guides you and and directs your steps The wisdom that you need in this case might be as simple as asking a particular person or a particular group of people and the resources come. So in the name of Jesus, receive the wisdom of God right now. In Jesus' name, receive the wisdom of God right now. Those resources are yours according to his riches and glory. You lack nothing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Can you just say this quickly with me? I have a supernatural advantage. Come on, say with all boldness, I have a supernatural advantage. I have a superpower. It is the wisdom of God. It is phronesis. I apply my heart to wisdom. I walk in a manner pleasing to God in all the days of my life i know what to do where to do it how to do it with whom to do it and i will do it all at the right time at the right pace in the name of jesus i have a supernatural advantage i have a superpower it is the wisdom of god glory to god put your hands together for the lord jesus in appreciation of this gift he has given you glory to god wow what a time we've had tonight glory to jesus Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.